Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I want to say this is Ord Energy Mon. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. With Ord Energy Mon, I'm almost here. Yeah, and this is Tree Song. I'm almost here too. When there's no sun, sometimes that messes with my equilibrium because <laughs> I am solar powered. Yeah, your solar batteries aren't fully charged. <laughs> Just like, um, I have been up for a few hours, but yep. Right now, it's Earth Day, Earth Week, Earth Month, Earth Year. <laughs> Just like. Instead of giving the Earth one day, some people have decided to give it more than one day and actually celebrate Earth Month. Right now, the March for Science is happening in nearly 500 communities across the globe as part of an Earth Day rally. This Saturday, April 22nd, is Earth Day. People in cities across the globe will march to celebrate science and its valuable role in everyday society. According to the event website, the march is not only about scientists and politicians, it's about the role that science plays in each of our lives and the need to respect and encourage research that gives us insight into the world. Quote, The March for Science is an unprecedented call to action for everyone who knows that science is essential to public health, global and economic security, and the livelihood of communities around the world. End quote, said Christine Mick Andre, Executive Director and CEO of the American Geophysical Union. Again, nearly 500 communities globally plan on holding events. The movement, we're having one right here, right? Yeah, we're having one right here in Southern Illinois, in Carbondale, in fact. So, this 500 communities around the world, and we're part of that? Yeah. Hey, we're like up there with the community. Yeah, we're the- on top of it. Now, the movement does have 198 partner organizations with more joining. The March for Science announced three honorary co-chairs will help promote the march globally, as well as attend and speak at the Washington, D.C. March. They are Mona Hanna Atisa, a pe- pediatrician who exposed dangerous lead poisoning in Flint, Michigan, Lydia Villia Komarov, uh, biolog- biologics, biologic, <laughs> who made critical contributions to producing insulin from bacteria, and the one guy I can pronounce his name, Bill Nye, the science guy, a science educator and CEO of the Planetary Society. Quote: We march for science so that scientists have the freedom, like I did, to speak out, free from politicization, and to continue to make the world a better place. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that end quote is good there, because that's why it's important to have things like the March for Science, because scientists are busy doing their job, researching, understanding the world, and it's often upon people in the community then to advocate for them. You know, they're, they're having to advocate for themselves somewhat now because of the attacks on science that are going on. Well, I mean, scientists are supposed to be apolitical 
fact-based, and so they're not supposed to be affected by any of this stuff. Yeah, they're supposed to be in their lab studying, and <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's sort of you know, it's sort of an artificial construct. You can't you can't be purely objective and all that, but they're supposed to be focusing on science, and so all of us in the community are coming together now to support the people who do science because they're under attack. So in, in other news, we have another March-related news coming up, but it's, it's not the March for this weekend, but next weekend. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. Mark your calendars. Climate activists plot how to turn anti-Trump range into anti-Trump votes. <laughs> and other actions. Activists planning the People's Climate March in Washington, D.C. on April 29th are mapping out a far more ambitious trek than that day's walk from the Capitol to the White House. They're trying to turn rage over the Trump administration's rollback of climate change policy and budget cuts targeting science into actual political clout. Tens of thousands of demonstrators organized by 50 groups that represent millions of members plan to demand that political leaders preserve protections for the environment and public health and invest in a clean energy economy. The march will culminate a week of activism that begins with the March for Science on April 22nd followed by lobbying visits on Capitol Hill, rallies, all those sorts of things. There will be more than 250 people's climate marches held across the country and overseas. And one of those, in fact, is here in Carbondale on April 29th. The march will be the first major demonstration of how the climate movement is regrouping since the election last November, when the Republicans not only won White House, but also nearly every congressional race that environmental groups had tried to sway. And it's, if you've been listening to the show, you know some of what's happened in the first hundred days of this administration. All sorts of dismantling of climate and environmental policy, uh, a lot of science denial going on, oil executive in the State Departments. We could go on and on with all those details. You've heard a lot of it here already. Polls indicate growing public understanding of the climate change problem, with 76% of American voters calling themselves very concerned or somewhat concerned about global warming, according to a recent uh, Quinnipiac University poll. But the movement has not been able to turn climate action into a voting issue, even as public protests, particularly against fossil fuel infrastructure projects, swell and spread nationwide. So there's this sort of challenge of 76% of people say they are at least somewhat concerned about climate change, but then how do we actually respond to it? A steering committee with representatives from 50 environmental, religious, uh, labor, and social justice organizations. I think I'll take a break here with Bedelia. <laughs> that represent millions of members plan to demand that political leaders preserve protections for the environment and public health and invest in a clean energy economy. They now held conference calls twice a week. In addition to climate advocacy group 350.org and environmental groups like Sierra Club, the League of Conservation Voters, Next Gen Climate and Moms Clean Air Task Force. Groups include the NWACP, the Hip Hop Caucus, and more than a half a dozen labor organizations and faith groups like the Franciscan Action Network. Separate, separate conference calls of breakout groups focus on fundraising, side events, art and music, publicity, and outreach. Now, the March organizers don't have a list of demand. Getting agreement from so many organizations would be difficult. 
But the People's Climate March aims to be a big tent that can accommodate diverse views. Mark Magana, founder and chief executive of Green Latinos, said his group participated in the 2014 march in New York, but decided it wanted a bigger role and now is on the steering committee for this march. Noting that one in five Latinos live within 30 miles of the fence line of a power plant and will suffer disproportionately from the Trump administration's planned rollbacks in clean power, he said, quote, We wanted to make sure that we leveraged this opportunity and this moment for the fence line communities to place these issues front and center in all aspects of this march. For us, it was absolutely critical that we lend our help in this capacity. March organizers are also coordinating with organizers of the March for Science, which is on Earth Day. With Here it's always only 400 sister marches, so mm-hmm. the time has expanded. People are getting on board. A separate training session for pro-environment women who want to run for office is being offered offered by Emily's List and a coalition of environmental and women's groups. Williams of the Blue-Green Alliance said that those organizing grassroots is the only way the movement will be able to build the political clout it needs. Quote, Why aren't we making those in power fear our power? I think truly that is because we have not done a good enough job of true local grassroots organizing, of going out and talking to human beings. He said, even in places where we are not met kindly, we need to be talking to people, person to person, end quote. So, that is a big deal. I mean, especially, it seems like, you know, the social and environmental movement tends to what they talk to the choir, right? Yeah, preaching to the choir. And so that that does feel good to show that there is, you know, people like-minded to yourself, but... By doing that, you're not creating change. You're just inspiring yourself to be empowered, right? Yeah. And so you have to empower and people who are not like-minded. And together, you create change. Yeah. And I also like the, the discussion here of local action, too. That, you know, that's part of why they're having all of the local sister marches is because it's something that you not you don't just take action on in Washington DC there are things we can do right here in southern Illinois that are related to the climate and once once we get together and have a march and talk to each other we can start thinking about where to go from there and speaking of local um, we will talk about this in happenings but I didn't know if you knew but Dick Durbin is doing a town hall meeting this evening so please stay tuned for our happenings we will talk about when and where, but it is today. Today. And there is limited seating, so you might want to RSVP. All right, so here's an interesting story. Kentucky Coal Company announces plans to build the state's largest solar farm. Okay, wait a second. This is not news of the weird. Mm-hmm. This is not... This is, it's not the onion. <laughs> it is actual news. Yeah, actual news. They announced this on Tuesday. Why would a coal company announce that they're building a solar farm? <laughs> yeah. Is it greenwashing? Yeah. Let us find out. Let us find out. So they're planning to build a solar farm on a reclaimed mountaintop removal coal mine. 
and the project, they say that the project would bring both jobs and energy to the area. Berkeley Energy Group, the coal company behind the project, built it as the first large-scale solar farm in the Appalachian region, which has been hit hard by a decades-long decline in the U.S. coal industry. The company, in partnership with EDF Renewable Energy, is currently conducting feasibility studies for the project on two reclaimed strip mines, both located in the eastern part of the state, so it's still in a very early stage. They estimate that the solar farm could produce as much as 50 or 100 megawatts of electricity, which would be 5 to 10 times the size of Kentucky's largest solar farm so far. The project development executive told journalists that the company did not intend to replace its coal production with solar farms, but instead viewed the project as a chance to reclaim used land while creating job growth in the area. So I basically they're done using that part. Right, so it's just like property that cannot be used for anything. Yeah. We're done mining it anyway, so let's put some solar on there. But, I mean, here's the, th the truth of the matter is coal mining doesn't make money anymore. Yeah. That's unfortunately the truth, and primarily that's due to um, cheap natural gas. Mm -hmm. And so that's really driven the price down of, or not the price down as much as the demand for coal has gone down and therefore the price has dropped. Yeah. I mean... And so companies are declaring bankruptcy, and they're laying people off. So this is a smart coal company that they're diversifying their energy, or they're, they're diversifying their income. Yeah. They're looking at other ways to make income, and they realize that solar is a very uh, lucrative way of making money. So let's see where we leave off. A quote from Ryan Johns, the project development executive. I grew up with coal. Our company has been in the coal business for 30 years. We're not looking at this as trying to replace coal, but we've already extracted coal from this area. Now, coal, which of course has for decades been the primary source of electricity production in the United States, has suffered from competition from cheaper sources of energy like natural gas as well as solar and wind. Increased automation and stronger environmental regulations have also pushed the industry into decline. According to the Louisville Courier-Journal, coal extraction from eastern Kentucky fell from 23 million tons in 2008 to about 5 million tons last year. Over that same time, mining employment dropped from 14,373 people to 3,833. Oh man, that is a tremendous drop a in employment. Job. Yeah, and, and this so is this is highly skilled, highly paid jobs. Yeah, and you know, the, and the um, company says it's not going to reduce its coal uh, output, but the sheer market forces may lead them to. If well, if they obviously have. They've dropped from twenty-three to five million tons. Yeah, and therefore they, you know, fired. Let's see, almost 11,000 people. Yeah. I feel like there's probably going to be a transition phase where you will still have coal companies that are saying they're going to go full coal, but then they start to include renewables just to survive because coal is a dying industry. Well, I mean, they have to diversify, period. Yeah. Um, or shut down. Or right? shut down, right. And then probably rob the pensions of all their workers like some coal companies are trying to do. So while... 
you know, the coal mining jobs have dropped. At the same time, renewable energy employment has, of course, been increasing across the country. According to a Sierra Club analysis published earlier this year, clean energy employs more people than fossil fuel jobs by more than 2.5 to 1, and renewable energy jobs exceed fossil fuel jobs in almost every state. In recent years, solar and wind jobs have grown at a rate 12 times faster than the rest of the economy. So, um, I mean, the the simple fact is renewable energy jobs are very labor-intensive. I mean, projects are very labor-intensive to put in. But once they're in, there is no co- next to no cost to keep them operating. Yeah, they stay there. They, <laughs> you know, so it's very labor-intensive to put in, but then the energy itself is, you know, fairly cheap because once it's in, it's next to no maintenance. Yeah, it's like a one-time expense versus an ongoing expense. Right. And as long as we're putting in solar tremendously, there will be a lot of jobs. And... Um, because, yes, solar and wind is very uh, labor-intensive to put in. So, All right, so some holidays coming up. We have Kindergarten Day. That's coming up today. And National Jelly Bean Day coming up on Saturday. I want, and Girl Scout Leader Day. wonder if the science people will have jelly beans and Girl Scouts leaders tomorrow. <laughs> Sunday is Lover's Day and also National Zucchini Bread Day. They hold it at this time of the year when you're not sick of zucchini. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you get your first zucchini in and you're like, okay, let's have some bread. Now, I actually very much enjoy zucchini bread because it doesn't seem like people make it very often. Yeah. And so I like it a lot, but um, zucchinis, yes, when they come in, there's lots of them. Yeah. Now, Sunday is Take a Chance Day, Lover's Day, and National Zucchini Day. So take a chance with your lover to make zucchini, right? Something. Anything. Coming up is East Meets West Day. World Penguin Day. Huggin' Australian Day. Richter Scale Day. And Administrative Professionals Day. You know, it used to be called uh, Secretary's Day. but mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, on Thursday is Take Your Daughter to Work Day. I'm taking my daughter to the radio show today, celebrating early. <laughs> Lots of stuff going on in April. National Humor Month, International Guitar Month, Keep America Beautiful Month. Let's see, National Poetry Month, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. A lot of important things going on this month. And, you know, Keep America Beautiful Month, as part of that, it's the annual Spring Cleanup and Recycling Day on Saturday. Um, but before we get to that, I've got three announcements about stuff happening today. Today, there's a fundraiser at the University Mall next to Old Navy in one of the storefronts. The fundraiser is to raise money for um, three different organizations, Habitat for Humanity, Oh, I can't. I lost where it's at. Um, I know two of them are Habitat for Humanity and the Splash Park. And basically, it's a whole bunch of um, silent auction items and then also a live auction. Well, I lost it. 
I do know it starts at 4.30, and then the live auction is at 7. And so if you go into the mall, two of the organizations are Habitat for Humanity and the Super Splash Park. Um, example of some things you could win there is a stay at Blue Sky Winery, symphony tickets, a cabin stay at golf at Keller's Crossing, some great Cardinal game tickets. And this is a kid-friendly event. And they have a whole bunch of stuff for kids, including face painting and mocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it starts at 4.30 in the mall, right next to Old Navy. So, Another event happening is, I mentioned it before, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin is having a town hall meeting this evening at 5.30, the doors open at 5 o'clock. It's at the Law School Auditorium over on 1150 Douglas Drive. And uh, space is limited. Uh, no signs are permitted. Of course, people who RSVP first will be given priority and expedited entry into the auditorium. And then any seats that have not been claimed 15 minutes prior to the event will be filled on a first-come, first-served basis. Um, if you would like to uh, RSVP, um, I'll have to email you the link because it's a big, long link. My email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Let's see what the whole link is, if I can say it. Nope, way too long. So I did want to announce and thank everybody who's ever supported our radio show. And the United Way is uh, selling these adult uh, coloring books, Keep Calm and Color On. And I, I picked up a couple of them. And if you would like one, um, when I get off the air, please give me a call here at the station, 457-3691. And I'll give you one of these adult coloring books. Color your concerns away with stress-relieving patterns. This is like very detailed, and then it also has, you know, inspirational uh, quotes like dream it, believe it, achieve it. Be wise, be true, be yourself. Happenings. Of course, it is Earth Month, and at SAU they like to celebrate the Earth year round. Of course, right now it is April 22nd, is Earth Day. April 28th is Arbor Day, and so they're treating the entire month of April as Earth Month. If you'd like to see a complete schedule of events, send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, because it is a very long list of stuff. Something else happening tonight. Well, we've got the fundraiser for Habitat for Humanity at the mall. We've got Dick Durbin's... Um, town hall meeting, and we've got the pizza and movie party at Gaia House at 7 p.m. The movie and pizza party happens on the third Friday of each month. Join for a night of movies, pizza, popcorn, and more. The movie is free and open to the public. This month's f- film is Saved. Yeah, if you don't know that one, that's a, it's a comedy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, I did mention Saturday, the annual Spring Cleanup and Recycling Day. Uh, 
Now, I want you to note a new location. It's at Attics Park. Each year, approximately 200 volunteers commit to litter cleanup for three hours or so, collecting 3,000 to 6,000 pounds of debris across the community. As part of Keep Carbondale Beautiful's Great American Cleanup, the Spring Cleanup and Recycling Day is a community-wide litter pickup. Um, normally, normally it's the, uh, what do you call it, third Saturday, but what do you call it, um, that was Easter Sunday, so they switched it. Starting at 9 a.m. at Attics Park, um, usually they're at Turley Park, but this year they have the all-species puppet parade there, and so you can go to uh, both parks and have fun. Um, there is T-shirt and lunch provided while supplies last, of course. And then there's prizes for different teams and stuff about how much uh, trash you pick up. So, of course, wear the appropriate clothes. And this will be happening rain or shine because um, I actually talked to the organizer last night. And uh, she said that she emailed all the big groups to see if they wanted to reschedule in case it rained. And they said, you know, she got a bunch of emails back, said, no, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's trash. We're going to get dirty anyway. Yeah, you'll get so. a free shower while you're doing <laughs> that. <laughs> so, um, again, the annual spring cleanup and recycling day, 9 a.m. Note the new location, Attics Park, 800 North Wall Street. Yes, and also coming up on Saturday, as we've mentioned, the March for Science and the All Species Puppet Parade. Starting Saturday, 10.30 a.m. at the Life Community Center. Uh, it's at 2500 West Sunset Drive over by the Unitarian Fellowship. And as we were mentioning, too, the rain location is over at Parish School. Um, so depending on how it's going tomorrow morning, you can go to one or the other. But either way, they're going to do it, and they'll kick it off at 11. And I've, I've read in one of the other messages that they're going to do, if it's indoors, they will do a, still a march indoors through the halls and to the gymnasium, that sort of thing. So they still will have a puppet parade, rain or shine, and it just changes the location. So hopefully hopefully they'll get some good weather for it, but if not, they will be in parish school. Also coming up, the Taste of Soul. It's on Saturday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Murfreesboro High School. The Murfreesboro Black Alumni will be hosting their fifth annual Taste of Soul dinner this year's event will be held at the Murfreesboro High School. Now, this uh, the full menu makes me wish I wasn't a vegetarian. There's all these delicious meat dishes they're talking about in the full menu. <laughs> well, even the veggies, they usually add, like, you know, ham hocks or something, you know, to yeah. add flavor. But, oh, man, lots, just so many different options. And I'm actually, right now, I got distracted because I'm adding it to my calendar <laughs> to remind myself yeah. to go, you know, later that day to do it. Because and all the... Yeah, all the proceeds, too, benefit the MBAS Scholarship Fund, so supports scholarships for students over at Murfreesboro High. Coming up, Saturday 3 to 6 at the Student Center is Afternoon Tea with the Steampunk Society. That sounds kind of contradictory, to, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm um, prejudiced against steampunks. <laughs> because the idea of having delectable tea refreshments and friviality, actually that sounds perfectly steampunk. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just like, sounds awesome. Um, Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. at the Student Center. Afternoon tea with the Steampunk Society. And on Monday, every year, the car- car- Carnival, the Caravan to Cuba. For the pa- last 27 years, the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois has helped organize event as the Carnival... The car- I'm going to say it every time. It is a lot of fun. But they're they're bringing stuff to Cuba. On Monday at 5.30, the caravan to Cuba will be at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. The evening will begin at 5.30 with a performance of Latin jazz with hot sauce, dinner at 6 p.m., followed by a presentation. Donations will be collected to help the caravan conduct this important campaign to educate the U.S. public about the events and benefits of normalizing relationships and the need to pass legislation to lift the embargo with Cuba. For more information, ifconews.org. Pastors for Peace is a special ministry of the Interreligious Foundation for Community Organization. Again, Monday, 530, Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, the Caravan to Cuba.